This is from Matthew 18, 15 through 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out that fault when two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, then tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I have been a part of a lot of churches over the years. And having moved around in the military and, and now being a pastor, um, I, I have had a lot of different experiences. Eric, can you grab my water bottle right there, bud? Thank you so much. I've never had a helper like Eric in any church I've ever been at. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was baptized as a baby uh, down at Enterprise First United Methodist Church in Enterprise, Alabama. Um, I have no memory of that church. Um, when I was still an infant, we, we moved to uh, uh, Mannheim, Germany, and I spent my years as an infant and as a toddler in Germany, and I, I, I don't remember going to a church uh, or attending a church. I remember uh, sightseeing at some churches. Have you know, any of y'all ever seen cathedrals, been in a cathedral? That's my first memory of a church. And everything's just been downhill since then. I, have, I haven't attended a single cathedral since I was a kid, you know? But, but I have been to some other pretty amazing places kind of over the years. When I was at Fort Leonard Wood in central Missouri, um, I have my first memories of vacation Bible school. The, the first Easter service that I can ever remember, the pastor overslept. And people from the church, we missed the sunrise service, had to go wake him up so we could at least have a service at some time on Easter. I remember the church that I went to in Texas because a, a cute girl also went there. That's all I remember. When I, when I was in uh, the fifth grade and in middle school, uh, I remember the church where I was confirmed uh, and 
uh, Lakewood United Methodist Church in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, one of the pastors that was there had the best beard I've ever seen in my life. I don't remember a single sermon he ever preached, but I remember that beard. And then after moving again to Alabama, I remember, um, you know, getting a little bit more involved in church. And uh, in 1997 at, at Camp Sumatonga, I remember going to a, uh, a church retreat. And I remember the, the speaker getting up and uh, delivering a sermon and something in my heart began to stir. And I went down to the altar uh, and I prayed for Jesus to be Lord of my life. And that moment changed my life in incredible ways. But I remember that sermon. And y'all, that sermon was terrible. It was awful. I remember the, the presentation of the gospel. I remember the lesson that it was. And, and, and thinking back now as a preacher, after I've been doing this for a couple decades now, uh, I would never preach a sermon like that. But thank God, God was moving in my heart and not that preacher, right? And I remember other places that I've served, and I remember different board meetings and church meetings and uh, revivals and, and different places that I've gone kind of over the years and all the different churches. But you know what's really incredible? Out of every church that I've ever attended, I don't remember really any one sermon more than another. I don't remember the lessons or the scriptures. I don't remember anything that was preached that, that really transformed my life in that moment. When I think of all the churches that I've been to, I think of the people. I think of the Bible studies. I think of the youth groups. I think of the Sunday schools. I, I think of the, the cakewalks that we did during uh, uh, different festivals that we had and the trunk or treats and the different times that we came together. And I remember that that was significant for me because we were a military family, so I didn't really have a lot of friends in the different places that we went. My sisters were my best friends, and we were not always great friends. But going to church was that place where we could plug in, and, and we could at least be part of some kind of a community until we had to move and then find a different community. And it's pretty interesting because through the years, uh, I have seen some pretty terrible things in churches. Of all the churches that I've been to, I've got, I've got a couple scars, I've got a couple frustrations, and a couple hard parts in my heart that, that still kind of pop up at different times. But I've also seen some incredible things. I've seen churches come together in awesome and, and incredible ways and come alongside others going through tragedies and, and, and lean into their communities and find ways to, to transform their communities in awesome and, and incredible ways. I've seen everything that churches can be both bad and good. And when we get it wrong as churches, man, it... It tears people apart. It tears communities apart. But when we get it right, <clears throat> when we really lean in and, 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 and turn towards each other in times of conflict or times of hardship, when we follow these words that Jesus gave us, they become a glimpse of just what the community of God can look like, not only today, but even be that first taste 
of what heaven is like. Bound together and guiding and following a God who loves us so incredibly deeply. In our scripture reading this morning, we, we get this teaching from Jesus about what it looks like to be the church. And, <laughs> excuse me, and it's one of these more difficult teachings, and it comes at kind of a, a strange part in the scriptures where uh, it talks about that when a member of the church sins against you, steps that you can take in order to uh, address the hurt and address the sin, uh, going to people one-on-one and sharing with each other kind of what's happened between you, the hurt or the sin, and, and talking about it and seeing if you can come to some sort of resolution. And, and if it can't be resolved one-on-one, then uh, go with a couple other people, not, not to gang up on them. We've seen what that happens, what that looks like, but, but to make sure that everybody is seeing things clearly. That everybody has good perspectives and all the blind spots are seen and make sure that everybody's being honest and open with each other. And even then, if there's still disruption, if there's still the, this toxic nature that seems to just be spreading, then bring it to the whole church and allow the entire church to surround it in prayer and love and just see what God can do when the community of God comes together. But then if it can't be resolved... If it can't be healed, if spirits and hearts can't be turned, then sometimes it comes to people doing life apart in different places. And that can be so incredibly hard. Now, what's interesting about this particular scripture is This sounds almost like what Paul writes in some of the epistles with some of the first churches kind of popping up, but these communities that Jesus is going to, they're still attending synagogue. This scripture right here is one of the first signs that we get of the birth of the early church that even as these communities of Jewish followers are following Jesus, they're starting to meet independently as well in groups and communities and houses and they're coming together and they're realizing right from the start that this church thing can be hard <clears throat> can be so so very hard because anytime we try to do life with each other we are not always going to get along we don't always see things the same way we don't always believe the same way And it can be so very hard to do church together. And I feel like Jesus is like, I want to get this out early because you guys are going to need some practice with this. Even amongst the disciples following Jesus, they're going to have disputes and arguments, not only about what Jesus is teaching, about which one of them is the best. Even while they're walking around with Jesus. Arguing about positions and politics and where everybody belongs and who gets into the club and who doesn't get into the club. This church thing is hard. And when we get it right and when we get it wrong, Jesus points, is is a matter of salvation. In the scripture that that, that goes right before what we read today, Jesus tells a parable of the lost sheep. And it's, it's kind of odd to, 
to have that feeling sometimes where you go from a parable about agriculture and livestock to a teaching about church administration and relationships. But I think what kind of gets caught in these two lessons that, that we can kind of jump over really quickly is the teaching that Jesus has in the, the parable of the lost sheep, that it is the will of the Father that not a single one of us be lost. That not a single one of us wanders off and is unnoticed. And as he takes that last, the last lesson of the, the parable of the lost sheep and goes right into this teaching, this isn't just a teaching about how to get along with each other, but this is a teaching about how do we hold on to each other. How do we make sure that there is not a single one amongst us that, that falls off, that falls away because we have pushed each other away? The church through the generations and the centuries, we have fought through wars and we have survived famines and we have had communities completely torn apart and the church has become stronger we have faced persecution and we have faced death and we have faced divisions and we have faced all sorts of things that have torn us apart and the church has become stronger. Where the church falls apart is when we push each other away. The church falls apart when we forget to fall in love with each other. When, excuse me, <coughs> I'm not emotional, I'm just having a hard time breathing. <laughs> where we get it wrong is where the church decides that we're better off with the 99 other that think the same way and look the same way and believe the same way and that it's no longer worth it to go after the one. But thank God that's not how God thinks. When we think about all the different experiences that we've had in churches, I think about all the times that I've felt pushed away. I remember all the different times things didn't go my way. I think of pastors that have had just uh, tremendously negative uh, experiences in my life. I've got pastors that if I see their, their phone number, I keep their phone number in my phone just so I can not answer it when they call. I've got people that if they come by on the side of the road, I'd, I just realized that if I was ever in, in, in deep trouble, they would probably just drive right past and leave me there because of some of the ways that I've hurt other people too. And I love how Jesus teaches this parable as if it's from the perspective of if a, if a brother or a sister sins against us. Because if Jesus had preached it the way that it actually more often comes of when we sin against somebody else, we would have just stopped listening to him from the start. Because we're really good at half of this teaching. We're really good about talking about other people. We're really good about uh, taking big offenses and wanting to confront other people with them. But we forget the loving each other. We forget the looking after each other. We, we forget what it means like to lean in as a community of God and recognize that disagreements and divisions and the ways that, 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 that makes this church experience so very difficult can be the ones that if we can turn towards each other in times of conflict, 
when we can lean in and seek healing in prayer, when we can find communities that build each other up, then we have experiences and opportunities not just to transform our lives, but to transform this world. And so I think about my experiences as a pastor, that with me as a church member, I don't remember a single sermon that I ever heard from a pastor that I went to. The one sermon that I do remember was the one where I came down to the altar to get saved, and that was a terrible sermon. And so for 10 years from now, I hope in my ministry that people don't remember the sermons that I've preached. I hope when you look back in your time as a community of faith that you think of each other. You think of the opportunities that we've had to help build the kingdom of God together. That we've got opportunities and excitement about what still lies ahead. What I love about being a part of the Methodist church is a church is never about the pastor. It's about the community coming together with prayers and presence and gifts and service and witness and leaning in and turning towards each other and even times of difficulty and uncertainty. And when they're able to do that, God can transform communities in awesome and incredible ways. And so Jesus begins, even from the earliest lessons of his ministry, realizing and pushing and, and teaching us of what it looks like to come together, what it looks like to love each other. Before Jesus was crucified, in some of the last lessons that he shared with his disciples, he taught the lessons of, I want you to love each other as much as I have loved you. When you think about what it looks like to love each other, I want you to think about what I look like when I love you and then do that to each other. And that looks like sacrifice and that looks like hurt and that looks like pain sometimes. And it looks like some of the most difficult things that we can possibly walk through. But when we do life together, we get the purest taste of the kingdom of God in a way that transforms our hearts and can transform the world. And when Jesus taught us to pray, the first words of the Lord's Prayer don't begin with my Father. It begins with the words, our Father. Because even in how we pray, we pray in community. We pray as a community of faith of recognizing that the healing, the gifts, and the graces of God have an opportunity to transform our hearts and our communities in this world. And when we come together, we have a chance of loosing heaven on this world. Because each and every one of you have a gift and have a place and have a piece of this kingdom that was knit and woven and planted and beloved inside each and every one of you. And when we come a part of the community of God, when we come a part of a church, we have a way of leaning in and bringing that together with the stories and the gifts of others. And we get to build things that are bigger than any one of us would ever be able to build on our own. And we begin to see miracles. We begin to see lives change. We begin to see things that are, uh, that, that are knocked down and broken and tied back together and healed in ways that we never thought were possible. And that becomes testimony. Testimony to the life and the love of God in our midst. That when we come together, 
We can be the purest expression of what the very community of God looks like. The first taste of what heaven looks like. A community of God coming together, bound together and whose purpose is to seek after the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, loses a peace, a joy, and a faithfulness that is unlike anything else in this world. And that the world needs now more than ever. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me today? <clears throat> Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks that for every time that we were the one that strayed from the 99, Lord, you came back for us. Lord, we give you thanks that every time we were part of the 99, we looked for the one that had fallen behind. Lord, we're very good about taking the hurts and the hardships and turning away from each other. But Lord, help us this week to begin to take steps to turn towards each other. Lord, to recognize that not a single one of us has all of the answers. Lord, not a single one of us has all the solutions. But Lord, we follow the one who is the answer. And so God, we seek your presence. We seek your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to come together as a church, as a community of God that is not focused on looking alike or thinking alike, but Lord, doing the very work of God alike. That we might seek after you to help build your kingdom, a kingdom that doesn't look like us, but looks like you and can transform this world. Amen and amen.